You've been dangerously close to spoiling Avatar in our group chat. <laughs> oh my God. Listen, it's not my fault you didn't find the time to see I'm it. I'm seeing it on Thursday. <laughs> I've been oh. waiting for this for years. You hate Avatar. You went before me with two of our other friends and you yeah. dragged Nick, I think, also with No, me, he, which, he wouldn't come well, he refused. to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Fair, yeah. Fair. It's kind of good. <laughs> It's kind of good. I'm not going to lie. This also, is, I, this is shockingly positive from you, given how much I you hate it on me. Yeah, I haven't spoiled anything. Well, I mean, yes, if you like the original Avatar, you have a problem. But this one's not bad. It's a lot better. You've been, you've been threatening that there was this thing that was NSFW that I can't even fully describe. <laughs> Apparently, well, there's... Yeah, a lot of loincloths. There is a little bit of irony in the fact that most of my complaints about this avatar were the length of the movie, which is a little over three hours. And we're about to talk about the fact that I'm going to watch, you know, <laughs> 24 hours minimum of football this coming weekend. Yeah, but, not, e not even that, Alabaster. We're about to talk about people watching other people watch football as we monitor the standings here, which is the most depressing and most high stakes version of football, maybe. It's a shame that Trevor Lawrence isn't the first topic because at yes. least two people have tweeted at me about Trevor Lawrence looking like a Navi, which is the cut the people in <laughs> By the way, he absolutely has the hair to braid it. And the he frame. He should braid it into his helmet. Yeah. I think it's like the it, his face too. That's a, that's a oh, little bit Jake of a feline, Sully, a little Jake little feline quality. Yeah. Oh, oh, and oh, yep. Yeah. I mean, Jackson DeVille. The Jaguars mascot, horrifying mascot. Loves, loves a loincloth. <laughs> Definitely looks like an Avatar character. So, yeah. Anyways, let's talk about some actual football. Yeah, That was actually going to be my transition, the Trevor Lawrence connection. But I, I digress. Let's move on to Jalen Hurts. Should the Eagles risk playing Jalen Hurts this weekend against the Cowboys to lock up the number one seed? So, Mina, we should probably just establish up top here how unbelievably valuable the number one seed is in the nfl like more than any other sport i know baseball gives you a buy too but like nothing is so injury driven and randomness dependent and therefore so valuable as getting a buy as the top seed especially in the nfc right where like maybe if the cards sort of shake out the right way like you're gonna play either the vikings or the seven seed basically yeah. two seven seeds so I don't know about the injury calculus specifically to Jalen Hurts. I'd like your help on that, but I just know that they should really consider how important all of this is. It is funny because we are coming off a Super Bowl where neither of the teams, the Rams or the Bengals, did have the bye. Or, uh, but anyways, I, yeah, no, it is important. It is valuable. Uh, and fortunately for the Eagles, it is not life or death this weekend because they have built up such a commanding lead in the NFC that they really only need to win one of their final three games, as I understand it, to um, – maintain that lead and the seed over the Vikings, uh, who they also beat, of course. So they have the head-to-head -head advantage as well. I believe the Vikings have to win out and the uh, Eagles would have to lose out. So the way I see it, um, there's zero reason to push Jalen Hurts into action against Micah Parsons, of all people, by the way. Their final two games are the Saints and the Giants. He can play in one of those, perhaps, if he has to. But I also kind of think Pablo... They can probably win one of those games without him. This is not with, to say with Gardner that, Minshew instead. Which is not to say that Jalen Hurts isn't immensely valuable because anytime you talk about a team being good lately, it seems to be a <laughs> referendum on the quarterback. Um, yeah. But he is valuable. He makes this team great. But they were also great without him. 
this is a very, very good offense, a very, very good defense. And in Gardner Minshew, they have a pretty experienced backup. Now, he does not bring a lot of the qualities that Jalen Hurts does to the table, ranging from the rushing ability to the deep ball that Jalen Hurts has been throwing so well this season. But I think they can win at least one of these games without him. And we talk about the injury. To me, it seems yeah. like way too much of a risk to rush him back into action. Well, you mentioned the rushing ability, and the rushing ability is why he got hurt, right? I mean, it doesn't seem like this was – I mean, the thing about this, like we were just being forward-thinking for a second. Let's just look backwards and figure out how mad we should be uh, <laughs> at Nick Sirianni for the fact that they were playing the Bears, and they ran him, you know, as – you know, he runs a lot, but they ran him as lot. often as they do against teams that they respect. And he got hurt at what, the end of the third quarter, right? Like, yeah. and that's how he sprained that throwing shoulders because he was running again and running really well again. Yeah, I, I always get a little bit nervous about this because I think in some ways the connection between injuries and being a dual threat quarterback is a little bit overblown. In fact, most of the times, in the past when dual threat quarterbacks have incurred injuries it tends to happen in the pocket that mm. said jalen hurts is taking a lot of contact like it's not just like a dual threat quarterback it is as you see here he has 184 quarterback con contacts third most in the league behind justin fields and daniel jones he's, he's he's absorbed a lot of hits and my concern for him coming back is with that injured shoulder which you know they said he can play it'll it's it's, it's a short-term injury it's not going to jeopardize the season Will he be more reticent to run? Let me that. Will they be more reticent to run right. him? Uh, and then you'd really also don't want to risk um, any injury that prevents him from throwing the deep ball, which is, I think, a huge part of why this offense is so deadly. Well, he threw the deep ball after he got hurt in this game. He yeah, stayed in the fine. game in the fourth quarter, threw that 68-yard bomb, I believe, to A.J. Brown. And what I don't want to hear, if I'm going to get mad at anything, it's quotes from Nick Sirianni <laughs> where, where he says stuff like, he's a freak, he heals fast. It's just like, what, what are we talking about? Literally, like, we're doing, like, the mutant power thing with him? We're doing that Wait, cliche as your season's on the line? I think Russell Wilson compared himself to Wolverine once. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, an insult to Wolverine, it turned out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. fragile. And, yeah, does not scab over quickly the we, things yeah. that bother Russell Wilson. I feel like... Jalen Hurts would not be Wolverine if he was an X-Men. I don't know which NFL quarterback would be Wolverine, but my, Wolverine was actually my favorite X-Men, not because of his superpowers, but because too. of his, his one-liners. He had, like, oh. his one-liners, <laughs> probably as an adult, they're not that funny when it's like, you know, uh, take this, bub, or whatever. Yes, but as a, a kid, it's like, you think it's the funniest, most, like, clever Bond modes. Like, you're like, oh, Wolverine does it again. But anyways, it has to be a quarterback. I think Gardner I... Minshew has a more Wolverine-like quality. Yes, Gardner Minshew and Wolverine both oh, look likely to cuck Cyclops. Is that what you're about to say, Alabaster? Nobody's going to say that. Doesn't True. the one-liners make him more like Russell Wilson, who has absurd one-liners that are also only funny oh, to he children? Has good one-liners. You know who has good one-liners? Geno Smith. That dude has bars. Every quote of his is incredible. <laughs> so my theory on Geno Smith, though, is that you don't want to Google what he's saying because you'll find out that Drake rapped it. Like, yeah, it's nice, it's well-delivered, yeah, but it's like, eh, yeah. I feel like he's a step away from just straight-up plagiarism. Yeah, which is ironically like Russell Wilson, who you might remember plagiarized a, uh, 
a message of love for his wife. <laughs> That's right. That people found <laughs> very unWolverine like. Yeah, Baker Mayfield Wolverine was very Wolverine like. Couldn't you just see him playing Wolverine in a movie? Sorry, we went on a tangent. Anyways, um, Jalen Hurts is the most actually like I would say he's more of like a Cyclops type, like very straightforward, powerful, mm. a leader. Maybe not that fun. I don't know. Maybe he's fun. I don't know. I don't want to. Yeah, is really well respected by his uh, coach slash professor who thinks he has, yeah, um, the ability to carry them for, yeah, way longer than he actually can, maybe. So but in I'll, conclusion, do not yeah. risk playing Jalen Hurts. That okay, would be that's stupid. a no. You don't, you a don't no. have to. I'm a, the, the, honestly, you could have just, sorry, listeners, but we could have just summarized this whole thing as in they only need one game to retain well, one also, seed. That was the also, only real actionable information we, here. We also could have just pointed out that the Vikings, I believe, played the Giants at 1 p.m. The Eagles should just like wait and then figure out, like, okay, we played 425. We probably don't need to even play them at all. One final question to put a button on this. Is there any risk to like not playing him for a month? If they just rest, if they lock up the number one seed and rest him through the bye, is that is there any risk of rust? Our colleague and uh, debatable cast member Bill Barnwell has done some research on whether like the concept of rust exists, and sadly, the no it's like there's so much noise, like the results are all over the place. It does like you, there's teams that have come back from the bye, buys or pardon, from sitting out week seventeen, which is or used to be week seventeen, now week eighteen. Um, looking rusty and looking off at the beginning of games, and their teams were totally fine. I feel like it's kind of like knowing your player. I mean, Jalen Hurts strikes me as a guy that will probably be like relentlessly rehabbing and will not spend any of his holidays, like, I don't know, caroling or whatever. So um, he's not someone I would worry about, I think, you know, returning to action with Rust. Also, Gardner Minshew is Gambit. I just realized. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't like Gambit, but yeah, that's not. I don't okay. that's Gam Gambit has a little Pepe Le Pew, where it's sort of like I think he's yeah. more problematic in the light of day now than we maybe realized at the yeah. time. Both, yeah, both both weirdly um, French, incidentally, alabaster. Would uh, would Tom Brady be Professor X if he didn't get hair plugs? Who knows? <laughs> um. Tom Brady is Cyclops, actually. He's <laughs> yep. very much Cyclops, yeah. And again, not to rub salt in the wound, but you know what happened to Cyclops in the comics. And yeah. yeah. What? Oh, God. What is wrong with you? I it's it's, hears it's that. canon. It's canon. It's literal canon. So X-Men Animated Series is actually my favorite TV show the, as a yeah, kid. It's the best theme song in animated TV show history. Oh, my God. We probably can't play it. Who's Storm? Oh, I guess Patrick Mahomes would be Storm, like the... Quietly the most powerful of all the X-Men. Ooh, right. And never actually... Well, that's the thing in, in, in like the X-Men comics. It's like, Storm should be more powerful. It's yeah. like, we know that she has the potential, but she never really fully unleashes it, which always irritated me. Storm Storm yeah. doesn't have enough rings, is what you're saying? <laughs> I feel like Ro oh, Jubilee is like... Um, Washington Commanders fans, close your ears. Is Taylor Heineke. Where like, people are always like, yeah, like... That pixie dust is what yeah. we're saying, you know? Oh, he's so much moxie, but nobody actually ever says in concrete terms what he is doing well. Have you ever noticed that? Like yep. during games when announcers talk about it? Yep. He's spunky. He's wow. spunky and he like jazz They just his, win with him. way into end zones. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. X-Men just won with Jubilee, but what did Jubilee actually contribute? Mm, I mean. Really makes you think. The only part um, Asian character in... <laughs> Recent X Men history, I think. Is she? Jubilee actually? Has that been oh yeah, I mean, that's in my personal canon. Um, 
So let's pivot to the Navi, Trevor Lawrence. Do you expect Trevor Lawrence to continue his breakout against the Jets tomorrow? Is a breakout what we're calling this still? I mean, it's been six weeks of being the best quarterback in the NFL. Um, he's thrown one pick and how many touchdowns is it? 11 or 14 or a zillion? 14 touchdowns, Ooh, in fact. First in passer rating, first in completion percentage, 70.4. I mean, this was all the promise of him, you know, and we're getting it. We're seeing it exactly as prophesized against potentially, yes, uh, the team that, yeah, well, against a team that definitely would rather have him than the guy they took right behind him in Zach Wilson. Who will be playing this week, which is probably why I'm going to end up picking the Jaguars. Um, it won't be because I expect defensive, offensive dominance, as amazing as Trevor Lawrence has been, as much as he has grown as a quarterback, getting the ball out so quickly, using his legs, avoiding sacks, which is important, by the way. He just lost his left tackle, Cam Robinson, to injury. Um, mm. The Jets' defense is so good. Uh, like I, I, it's such a bummer because I think they probably have one of the three best defenses in the NFL what, right now. What makes them so good? Because the Jets get a lot of jokes, but at at their yeah. core, I hear this from people who actually, yeah, watch this team play. So it starts in the back. They have the best cornerback duo in the NFL right now in DJ Reed, who used to be on the Seahawks, and then of course Sauce Gardner, Sauce. who. Like is probably going to be defensive rookie of the year, but also should be in consideration for being an all pro, which never happens as a rookie. So to put how good he is in context, the Lions, one of the best teams at throwing to wide receivers so far this season, incredible offense, right? They didn't target him once. They basically sacrificed <laughs> DJ Chark to him and they're like, all right, you cover DJ Chark. And then they just tried to make it work outside. Like that happens routinely, despite the fact that he's a rookie. So when you start with those two corners who are both really shut down corners, and then you throw in a, an extremely good and deep four man rush, we'll see if Quinton Williams plays. That should be a big factor in this one. Um, there just aren't answers for offenses because there's so much talent on that side of the ball. So the question, though, that I have after what we just watched Trevor Lawrence do, four touchdowns, the one pick against the Cowboys, is that, oh, wait, right? The Cowboys also, were, they're a defense yeah. that I thought would have a good shot at solving Trevor Lawrence. And so what did you learn about what he did to them as a result? So Nate and I talked about this on my podcast, the Unicom Show featuring Lenny. Check it out today. Um, it, it actually, this one, in some ways, Lawrence was really great, but it was almost as much about Doug Peterson because... Uh, he came up with a game plan that I think other offenses have approximated or can approximate going forward to play Dallas, which is taking the pass rush out of the equation, using a ton of misdirection in the run game. There were like end arounds, reverses, fake reverses, ghost motions. Like when you, when you watch that game, there were just constantly guys. I know you're smiling at ghost motion. That's a real it's thing. It's a Mission Impossible <laughs> sequel name. Yeah. Um, it's it, They were constantly messing with them up front and putting them on edge and then running off tackle for huge, huge gains or targeting their backups in the secondary. The Cowboys have now lost two starting cornerbacks. So if you have enough time, and it's not a given with Michael Parsons and company, there are guys that you can pick on. And Doug Peterson did a fantastic job of finding the Cowboys' weaknesses. So when it comes to the Jets and what we can extrapolate to them, so I understand how good um, their secondary is. I get that now. But I also like feel like it's still okay to point out that the Jets are still the Jets. Like there were still plays in this game last week where that defense, which should be a lot better, gave up big plays. And I'm just wondering, like, is that is well, so how fair is that? Is that because of the youth part of it? Or yeah. or or what am I doing there by focusing on, you know, the fact that they did collapse and are now, yeah, five hundred. Well, they didn't lose because of their defense. I mean, they held the Lions to, I can't remember, it was low, under twenty points. It's one of the 
I think lowest uh, offensive output games that the Lions, who are a very, very good offense, have had all season. Um, but they lost because their quarterback is Zach Wilson right now. And uh, that's going to be an issue in this game. Like, I actually think, it, like I said, if Mike White was playing, I would probably pick the Jets just because I think the offense, mm. the defense is that good and the offense is competent with Mike White. The Jags' pass defense, also sneaky, not that great. Um, but with Zach Wilson, you saw last week, he made like some crazy throws some really lucky throws but there wasn't like that down to down consistency uh which has of course been an issue throughout his career he also should have been picked off like several times so <laughs> but, if we're gonna, but if we focus individualistically on trevor lawrence let's say because maybe one of us is starting him in the fantasy football playoffs of a league in which the other one of us did not even make the playoffs yes i um, did no oh you've been eliminated mina i don't know if you we're prepared what? to hear this from me. Wait, how many Would people you... make the playoffs in this league? Four. <laughs> four? <laughs> what kind of Throw league up has the a four-person playoffs? Throw up the standings. Yes, that and Wait, the five Wait, I'm sorry. Seed. No, 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 no. Who has a four-person playoffs? That's so stupid. Tommy Alter, if you're Tommy listening Alter to this, your and... league sucks. And I, I'm so angry that I entered. The reason that I, I had Cooper Cup and a bunch of injured guys, so whatever. It's like fine. I wasn't lucky. But that is so dumb. Ugh. I'm Who sure. Who has a four-person uh, playoffs? I'm sure Alex Caruso and Mikhail Bridges and Tyrese Halliburton and all of the other NBA players that I curb stopped to get into the playoffs agree with you. What is a single like good move you made in that league? Like, not, oh. not talking about the draft. I'm talking about like during the season. Oh, um, well, let's say it was uh, picking up Trevor Lawrence after drafting Matt Stafford. That was a great move by me. Oh, you bad Stafford was your quarterback? I mean, quarterbacks yeah. are so easy to find. It's like not that impressive. Yeah, sure. Sorry, yeah, we're talking. We're doing that, the worst was, thing in the world, which was, is talking was, about was, fantasy was, football. Was, was, uh, yeah, that, edit that's... all of this out. Nope. <laughs> we don't want to lose our <laughs> listeners. It, it, we'll keep the part where I said Tommy Alter, you suck as a commissioner. <laughs> I, Mina, how many teams are in that league? Uh, ten. 12? You wanted six of the ten teams to make the playoffs? Yes. And reward mediocrity. Yeah, orange slices. That's totally standard for a, a ten-team league. Yeah. A ten-team league ten -team with a four-person playoffs is not a thing. I mean, look, it's, it's not. not it's not Should like be. Rick Pitino just called you the world's best football expert or anything. It's not like you have any reputation to live up to. Um, I knew you would mention that. <laughs> let's. Move it only on. took me about fifteen seconds. I knew you were going to say that too. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Do you guys have any faith that the Packers can still make the playoffs? No. Oh. Oh shoot, we gotta sp spend a lot of time on this. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hmm. No. Uh, I was trying to figure this out, and there are like uh, four teams ahead of them that they have to leapfrog to conceivably make it in, which gives them. I was looking at the five thirty eight stats on this, and they so have like an eight percent chance right now. Right. They have That's to win out, and then a couple of other things have to happen. Oh, but twelve percent chance. Yeah, let's focus on the winning out. Put the schedule back up. So Please. they have the Dolphins, the Vikings, and the Lions. First of all, that is a very hard schedule to end with. Just start there, like shockingly, right? The NFC North. Yes. Um, but for me, the the game that jumps out is next week's game. Uh, so. Over the last few weeks, as the Dolphins have been on their losing streak and they've struggled, it's been against defenses. Well, th there's been varied game plans. You have the San Francisco defense, which is incredibly talented and has incredible linebackers, which is huge against Miami and a great four-man rush. Then you had the Chargers defense, which we talked about, came up with this like brilliant game plan, playing all this 
press coverage, press man coverage, showing zone, playing man, vice versa, disrupting the timing, whatever, taking out the inside of the field. And then you had the Bills, who didn't really stop them, despite the fact that they have very good players, good linebackers, good pass rush. The Packers defense is not good. They are like not good in literally any of the ways I just described that these teams played the Dolphins hard. The Packers cannot approximate any of those things. They, much to the frustration, their fan base consistently play this sort of soft zone coverage, which is basically suicide against the Dolphins. So they're about to learn the way of the water and it's not going to go well. <laughs> uh, Aaron Rodgers, I worry, loves Avatar. I worry that he loves no. it too much. Cool. And that's going to make yeah. me feel self-conscious about how much I love it. But I wait, if we're... an Avatar guy. Oh, it's it's not it's not real. It's not uh, it, it traffics in uh, woke principles. Is that what Avatar <laughs> does? Spoiler alert. <laughs> it's too PC. Avatar it's is too PC. PC. Yeah. Um, yeah. But gosh, so do we talk about the offseason then? Like, I don't know. First off, Alabaster, did you want more from us on this? Do you, do you believe the Packers can make it? Because by every sort of metric, it's like we're going to watch Aaron Rodgers watch other games. He's been not shy about that. Much to his coach's dismay, possibly. He's sort of like giving away what he's actually going to be caring about. I'm rooting for other teams to lose. But what are you seeing here that's maybe beyond what Mina just laid out? Not much. I mean, they have a chance if the if they went out and the Lions lose out. But I I think it's more interesting to think about how they're going to build this team in the off season because right. So like they did sort of hit a home run with Christian Watson. Like he wanted a, rece- a first round receiver and he got I a first receiver Christian in the Watson. second yeah. round. I yeah, I mean that's what's so here's the only thing I can predict with some degree of certainty: the Packers are again not going to draft a receiver in the first round <laughs> because they actually don't have to. Like you're right, Watson has been really yep. good. Romeo Dobbs, you saw with his return, has been tremendous. Like there were, he looked like a young Randall Cobb out there, frankly, catching passes over the middle of the field. He's got good hands. He's a good route runner. The problems with this team are the defense, and I think that's what's kind of interesting. Watching them last night, um, I thought like this offense is fine. Like this offense could go to the playoffs. It's the defense that uh, is what has been the biggest issue all season and will continue to be the biggest issue next year unless they make some pretty serious changes on that side of the ball. Well, let's 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 be uh, actionable in our advice for the Packers because I don't know how you fix a defense that quickly. But where do you start? Do you start in the draft? Do you start by trying to pull off some trade? What the hell do you do if you're Aaron Rodgers? Or what do you want to do if you're Aaron Rodgers? Well, I think the biggest change is going to probably be a coaching change. Um, so they had a coach from the Rams, Joe Barry, who is right. I've, it's always funny. Like the, there are certain defensive and offensive coordinators who are like the fan bases are obsessed with. And I think he is on that list of like the Packers fans. There's just Why? memes about him. Um, so like, as I mentioned, they play a ton of soft zones. So this like shell coverage, they seem to like sit back and like let, offenses go to work in front of them they're really bad against crossing routes play action but they also can't stop the run at all they're kind of soft up front and that's actually as much about talent as it is about skiing which brings me to the next thing they need they just need more dudes (laughs) up front (laughs) to use the technical term um yeah they like and and what's frustrating though pablo is like they've invested so much into that side of the ball so much of those draft picks that aaron Rodgers has been angry about over the years have gone into the defense they gave out some big contracts to guys on the defense and it just hasn't worked out i thought this would be one of the best defenses in the league and that was dead that was the thing i was was most wrong about yeah but just the degree of wrong there is it is it just across the board underperformance 
like why how how is it that they can go from oh this is going to be one okay. of the best to um, we should probably fire this guy now i think a few things happen regression from guys who were like kind of one year wonders like devondre campbell russell douglas to a lesser degree like the guys who came to green bay last year and had awesome seasons and they were awarded with contracts who were kind of not great before that sort of fell back to earth a little bit so there's that coaching is i should have mentioned is probably the single biggest thing losing rashawn gary who is their best edge rusher and is good against the run was a big deal. And then you just kind of seen like a decline in performance across the board at every level from certain players. It's, and that's what's so frustrating. I think if you're a Packers fan is like, there's so many reasons why the defense has struggled and there's so many problems to fix. Um, and I I'll say right now, plant my flag. I think Aaron Rodgers is probably going to come back in part because this that was going to be a, my question. Yep. It's a good offense. It has a good offensive line. The skill players look good. The scheme is good, you know? So it's 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 fine. It, it's it's going to be the defense that's going to cause problems to them because they also won't have much cap space to address it. It does occur to me now that Aaron Rodgers, if he was an X-Man, would be beast. He's a guy who's done untold hours of scientific research. He has done all sorts of inquiries, scientific and otherwise, into his own body. Um, they may or may not have uh, resulted in him in him being hairier than he ever was before. <laughs> Um, he's, oh, he's, he's, he's shown his feet. His feet have been a big subplot. Oh, that's true. Um, that's also, and, and, feet, and, yeah. and you could argue that he's now, he's now a little blue as a result of everything that has occurred to his team. Who is the bulletproof X-Men? Colossus. Colossus. I was going to say he's Colossus because he takes no shots, but that would have been funny <laughs> if I had just said it and not workshop joke in real life. <laughs> not, it didn't work out. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, you win some, yeah. you lose some. <laughs> are we Look at that check. Are we missing out on any minor X-Men that we have to assign? Toad. <laughs> oh, that's a villain. There was a league of, he was Brotherhood of Mutants. He was one Psylocke, of the guys. Psylocke, Silver Surfer. Psylo oh, Psylo sorry, I erased Psylocke. I erased also Psylocke Asian. by Psylocke praising Jubilee yeah. for her Asian heritage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, true. Yeah. Josh Jacobs, arguably yeah, the Psylocke of football. Um, because part Asian and, uh, yeah, really important to everything I want to accomplish on my fantasy team. Oh, Wait, God. that sounded gross for the Psylocke end of that. Literally nobody wants to hear my fantasy team. Nobody. Not me. The not part the Filipinos are about to win a championship against the greatest football analyst, according to Rick Pitino, and half the NBA. It's a huge story.